Hi, I'm Amy Blackthorne, and this is Blackthorne Grove. Hey there, Amy Blackthorne here. You, right now, can download the first 30 pages of my next title, Blackthorne's Botanical Wellness, at amyblackthorne.com, along with the rest of my titles for free. Again, that's amyblackthorne.com to check out all of my books available for order now. For those of you who are new to the podcast, blackthornsbotanicals.com has some great teas, ritual oils, magical candles, and more for the next bit. I know not everyone can get to the podcast right away. I'm going to put up a podcast-only coupon code, code PODCAST, all lowercase, on blackthornsbotanicals.com for 20% off anything you find in the store. Try and help as best I can. And and apparently Lilu agrees. That's blackthornsbotanicals.com and offer code PODCAST, all lowercase. Hello! Hi, this is Amy Blackthorne, and this is The Blackthorn Grove, a podcast where witchcraft meets with good friends over tea to talk about the nature of magic and community. Today I'm talking with Jenny Blonde about the amazing Comfy Cozy Witch. I am, I, you know, it's so funny that I was so tickled for this interview that we've just been sitting here for an hour making awesome noises at each other and we forgot to, st- to hit start and we're gonna, we're gonna hang out and have a great conversation today. And we are. Going to talk about books and people and Jenny. How would you like to introduce yourself? How do you how do you want to tell people who you are? Oh well, I'm Jenny Blonde, like Amy just said, the comfy cozy witch. I think many people me as because I am all about practicing in my home hearth. Uh, I have a practice that is very much grounded and rooted in nourishing my family in and nourishing my home and developing my sacred space and just being in the here and now in my space out in nature and I'm all about bringing magic into the everyday nothing no crazy rituals just small little things I can do on a daily basis to bring warmth and comfort and magic to my life and to the lives of my family and my fur babies (laughs) (laughs) yeah so I I guess I'm I'm an author and I am a former teacher, but I still feel that I'm a teacher. I'm an author, I'm a teacher, and I'm a lover of nature and a drinker of coffee and tea and extra hot cappuccinos. I mean, I can stop. <laughs> that's that's a little bit about me. That's a little bit about me. And as you know, I love to learn. I like books and I like to write books and read books and I love all my witchy stuff before I get into this incredible book I just have a teacher question for you yeah do you in when you when you're teaching your especially your witchy classes do you go from an outline do you how do you do you have an idea of what you want to teach do you how do you how does your former profession impact your current profession (laughs) it's interesting you ask that because when I taught, I taught high school English Mm -hmm. I taught British literature ninth grade English creative writing I taught for almost 15 years. So I knew my curricula, like the back of my hand. So there was the last, my last five years of teaching, there was no preparation (laughs) whatsoever because I had done it for so long. Yeah, I would adapt. I would modify. I would, I would reflect and change some lessons if I needed to, but teaching now workshops and teaching at conferences, I've done some virtual conferences I, I plan a little bit more because this is not that it's new content, but it's new lessons that mm-hmm. I'm teaching. And so I, as a writer, am not a plotter. <laughs> I am, I'm a pantser. I guess I'm a little bit of a planter. I know <laughs> where I want to go, but I don't know exactly what I want to say or what I want to yes. write. That's how I am with teaching as well. I have a general outline. I generally know what I'm teaching, what I'm talking about. Um, I know where I want to start. I know if I want to introduce some sort of ritual, I'll talk about whatever tools are needed. 
Um, I know where I want to end, but I don't have things scripted. I'm not, I don't read off of a script very much like you with your podcast with my podcast too. I let things kind of come organically. I have a rough outline of what, of some, some areas that I want to touch, but then I just kind of let it unfold as it's meant to. Absolutely. Just like a road trip. I know I want to be in Colorado via week after next. And these are some cool spots where I might stop, but that's, that's the, uh, that's a bit the equivalent of, we're just going to see where it goes because that's half of the fun. If you plan, I'm a, I'm a double Virgo saying this out loud. So (laughs) (laughs) planning it to death, it takes some of the fun out. I, I agree. And sometimes it can take out some authenticity. Yes. Um, when things are too rehearsed or too scripted, it can come across as a little bit inauthentic. Um, and that's the last way that I would want to come across. I, in I absolutely agree. Podcasts, in lessons, teaching, whatever it is. In my book, even. <laughs> in, goodness, the the um, mid-aughts to like 2010-ish, I was teaching a 101 with a, with a friend. And we had two different teaching styles. And I'm like, please tell me I'm not the only one. I, I'd write the outline and teach her in the outline. But she wants a script. And it's like, we're we're sharing duties here. What are you doing? <laughs> because her scripts sounded so planned that like people are asleep. Because you're they don't feel like you're actively engaged with them. Absolutely. So, and it also sounds like um, when people are too scripted it can come across as they don't know the content yes yes because you're stopping to look at your paper and go where yes. was I if and that like always a- yeah I'm sorry that always bothers me and I I taught I also to so the elective I taught it creative writing but also public speaking and num- public speaking 101 <laughs> don't read from your powerpoint ever <laughs> Oh my god! Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Write full sentences on a PowerPoint presentation or in front of you, just bullet points to guide what you're going to say. Gosh, I feel like I'm teaching. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because I, I'll write down rosemary because I want to. I want to talk about rosemary, but if I don't have camphor next on the list, I'll talk about rosemary for half an hour, and I will like it's. So yes, yep. I'm definitely planter plants are somewhere right in between and that's you know it's funny because with fiction I am definitely a planter I have an idea of of the plot but I don't plot everything out and things just unfold I will say with hearth and home witchcraft and I know you haven't really introduced the book yet but I, but we're talking about this process Um, I did work from an outline. It was the first time really working with an outline, a detailed outline. And at times it felt freeing because, oh, I already know what I'm writing about here. But at other times it felt kind of restrictive. Yeah, absolutely. Because I was so used to being a planter and just writing by the seat of my pants. Um, But the outline was, it was helpful. It was helpful, I will say. Well, then I will introduce Hearth and Home Witchcraft, Rituals and Recipes to Nourish Home and Spirit. Uh, I am really excited to see more people getting a copy of this book and, and being able to dive in. Blending storytelling, witchcraft, and warm advice, Jenny Blonde, the Comfy Cozy Witch, offers recipes, rituals, and spell work to nourish yourself and your family. For author Jenny Blonde, witchcraft is in itself comforting. Sure, there are not so comfortable parts as well. Being working with the shadow and coming face to face with what holds you back. Jenny's witchcraft is about connecting the magic of nature, your higher self, and something beyond a deity, deities, spirit, the universe, but being comfortable in your true self in all aspects of your life. I absolutely love this because I feel like each year has had a theme since the pandemic started, you know, when, when, it was 2020 and more people said, okay, I guess we're staying home for two weeks. What do we do? They were looking for little projects around to try and make things cozier. But it was almost like you were competing with your neighbors to have the coziest, most awesome pandemic. And it's like, this is not a competition. This is just <laughs> trying to survive. 
So moving past the initial flex of, oh, I redid my kitchen this weekend to actually having something to, to say with your space and with your mm-hmm. own nourishing for yourself and for your family. Mm-hmm. And that was so, well, I, I don't know that this book would have been written without the pandemic <laughs> to really turn inward and spend so much time with my family yes. and thinking, and I've always done magic in the kitchen. Um, but I really took it to the next level during the pandemic. And then when it came to writing this book, it was that much easier <laughs> to do because I was so focused on how am I nourishing my family? How am I nourishing my spirit right now when the spirits of so many aren't, aren't up, <laughs> you yes. know? Um, but yeah, it's funny you say that everybody was competing to have the coziest, you know, <coughs> excuse me. I did see an explosion in the cottage core movement (laughs) (laughs) and the homesteading and um, slow living during the pandemic. That was fun to watch unfold even more. (laughs) It's funny because I was really under the impression that, oh, you know, this would be fine because I work from home anyway. It was not, I was not fine. (laughs) There was no No. fine happening. (laughs) No, no fine. (laughs) I, this, I was the same way at first and my son when it hit was in kindergarten, he was finishing Mm -hmm. kindergarten. So I had to finish out that year and he had just started a new school because we moved and the pandemic hit. So he didn't know anyone. Um, cause brand new town, we are in a new neighborhood. So not all the houses were up at that point and I'm stuck in the house with him 24 seven. He's an only child. Um, so who is his playmate? That would be you. <laughs> and that's fine. Like, that's fine. Um, so I think I was with him. I spent so much time with him. And my husband, with his job, he was an essential worker. So he worked throughout the whole pandemic. So he mm-hmm. was always gone you know, during the day. But I was home with my son. We were doing the schooling his first grade year. I homeschooled the whole, fir- the whole first grade. And so I needed desperately my own comforting space. And I needed more than ever to cling on to my rituals, my magical rituals, because that, that helped me get through the day. Not that I can't handle a day with my son, but you know, when you have no time, you have dogs barking nonstop, you're teaching a six, seven year old and in, in trying to balance all of that, like I needed my sacred time in the morning. Um, and my rituals, man, did they ever help me through the pandemic? Good. I mean, it, there's so much advice on how to do it. And it's like every there were so many people who didn't understand how little they knew about their next door neighbor or their friends because we spend so much time busying ourselves into a coma. And it's like, okay, well, I guess I'll do that tomorrow. No, there is, there's not really tomorrow promised to anybody. Just do the things that you can get done today. Yeah. I like that. What? Oh, I always like this one. Um, so is there a divination method that speaks to you as a comfy, cozy witch? I, I mean, I love, I love pulling cards. Yes. I, I mean, oh, and that, I feel like that's the... The, the cliche, well, no, other than the crystal scrying ball, of course. <laughs> I want you to think of a practitioner, oh, they read tarot cards, but um, that is that is a part of my practice. That's been part of my practice for decades. And even if it's just pulling one card in the morning, if that's all I can get to, or before bed, that is my favorite divination method. I also really, I really like runes. Mm, yes. Um, and, and in a similar fashion, I've begun exploring recently the OM um, as a divination method. And as I do some, some studies, a little bit of studies in Druidry, mm-hmm. I'm trying to connect with the OM a little bit more. 
And so I've been enjoying that. But my go-to, my go-to would be tarot or oracle. I mean, if I turn this around, you can see this whole, and I know your listeners can't see this. <laughs> that middle section. Oh, wow. Um, two layered rows back um, <laughs> are all my cards. And I have too many. I have too many. I understand I have too many. But one of my favorites, I, let me see if I can, well, no, I'm not going to because I know that you don't edit. Just like me, we don't edit. But <laughs> One of my first ones was, well, one of my decks is from the 70s oh, nice. that my mom and my aunt used. And it was the, do you remember, and it's the term, I don't know if they're still publishing this because of the terminology, but it's the Gypsy Witches. The yes, you, you can see them, the, you know, every, every gift shop in Salem um, oh, really? has a version of the, that, that no. specific desk. Yeah, they still sell it. It's oh. still available. It's still in print. That's crazy. And I remember, you know, pulling from that and um, family like whipping that out whenever I was young. And that <laughs> I mean, it is you and now it's mine. It is well used, I mean, <laughs> sticky, tarnished on the edges. Um, but I like I have always loved pulling cards. I don't know why, but that is my number one divination method. It's funny. My aunt used to go. So my my aunt and my my mom's family they're very old school italian my grandparents were the first generation to come to the u.s and then to actually so mom in her her generation is the first ones born in the u.s and it's like okay let's let's go do the things well peep um would say she actually went to the woman who read cards in their area she didn't read cards because you know they're, they're old school catholic so she read greeting cards oh wow like she would save up her money and go and get new um different greeting cards for whatever she needed at one point and she just used the front she'd cut off the back and you know use that for something else but it was yeah. a giant pile of these big greeting cards that she would shuffle just as deftly as you or i had shuffled uh tarot decks but greeting cards because almost as like little what would that be an affirmation yeah yeah i think like so but she was very accurate wow and that just goes to show magic in the everyday yes i mean you could use literally anything as a divination tool no matter where you are no matter what supplies you have you don't have to have all the decks like i have you don't <laughs> go out and buy fancy anything fancy for your practice because you can use reading cards you can you can use the bark of a tree you could find shapes in the bark of a tree I mean you literally could use anything as a divination method because the magic is it's everywhere yes I mean, it's not just in a deck of cards or in a set of runes or the oem state it is just it's everywhere did you ever see uh Patricia Telesco had a book called the kitchen witch's guide to divination um I have not read it I know of the book it probably that came out right in up my alley. <laughs> right up my alley. Um, the, it's it's still available as a digital download from. Uh, I got one in the humble hum, humble bundle. I can't say that. The <laughs> charity project that Weiser was doing um, earlier in the summer. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite things that she's done is laid out a coupon tarot going through your your Sunday paper and clipping all the coupons and using that as your divination method for the week. Yeah. Um, I am just, I know we're recording. I'm texting my husband because I hear the garage door saying, <laughs> I'm recording podcast. <laughs> don't, don't interrupt. Okay. You might hear dogs barking. This is just like my podcast because <laughs> I do the same exact thing. My son comes to the door and wants a snack. Okay, go eat. Go get what you want. <laughs> and I, I want to circle back to something that you said. Sure. Um, you talked about Peep. Was that your mother, your grandmother? My aunt, my mother's cousin. Your mother's, so your aunt. I saw that is the dedication in your book. Yes. And um, I wanted to ask you because my grandfather, who was favorite person in the whole wide world I called him peeps that's fantastic and when I saw that in your book I actually wrote it down in here wait let me find it peep dedication question mark because I wanted I wanted to know who that was because I have a peeps I have a book that is dedicated to peeps as well 
so uh mary rita so rita is her name saying so if that tells you literally anything <laughs> i've got i've got a, a saint rita candle burning in the kitchen right now for uh for peep so she used to tease my um cousins they they were a little older than we were you know we came along mm-hmm. later because uh, her brother mike was older than her so <laughs> So she used to tease Mark and call him a creep or Mickey, Mickey, Mark and Louie. And so she, she'd tease Mickey and she'd call him a creep. Well, when it, by the time it got to Mark, he couldn't say creep. He could say peep. And so it stuck. She's, she was peep until the, you know, the day she crossed the veil. That, that was my peeps. Um, it's so funny. We have so much in common. I can't believe we're just meeting today. So we're practically my, neighbors. So I, we're right a stone throw away. We're right down the road. So my my grandfather peeps. My this is my mom's father. I was the first grandchild on both sides. I'm the oh. oldest grandchild. And so I guess I was in charge of what grandparents are called. And as a joke, my father had said, Oh, not even as a joke. He's just like, Oh, let's call you Peepaw. Peepaw. So and I all I could say was peepee, peepee. So he ended up being peeps or peepee. Like that's what he was called. And once I was born until the day he crossed, he was peeps to everyone who met him, not just his grandchildren. Everybody called him peeps, everyone, neighbors, friends, family, um, acquaintances, people just meeting him. Oh, this is Nan on peeps, Nan on peeps. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Because I couldn't say peepaw. Well, it's funny because I switched from one uh, writing software to a different one while writing uh, Botanical Wellness. It comes out on Halloween. I was I was doing some shuffling around. So when I sent the manuscript off to Judica, somehow that dedication repeated itself in the new book. I did not put it in there. And so when I'm looking, I'm reading over the 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 last copy, a PDF with the red pen and all that good stuff. I'm like, how the heck did that get, I didn't put it in there, but there it is. So I left it. I was it like, that's to stay. You ha- it has to stay. Oh, that's so, oh, that's so lovely. <laughs> uh, that, I just couldn't believe it. So I wrote it down. I had to ask you about it. <laughs> <laughs> the knowing that she's in there because she's the person that, you know, my mom was raised by she. My mom raised herself. Her dad was at work, and her mom wasn't in the picture, so she raised her two brothers and herself. And so, she didn't know a lot of things. So, Peep was the one who was like, "Okay, these these are the things." So, if mom tried to make two starches in one dinner, and Peep, you could hear Peep hollering from Baltimore, the two starches. <laughs> yeah, it's it's good stuff. That's cool. It's really neat. Yep, she's got her spot on my ancestor altar. I was on TikTok yesterday, like dressing her candle and talking nice to it. And... Yep, mine's right up there. Yes, do my, you... peeps. my peeps. Do you have? Uh, do you know the Coventry candles? Yes, I use. I don't the... have. I do not have any. I use the black, the original witch's brew for her candle because yep. it's frankincense, myrrh, and mugwort. Oh, that's a really nice blend. It smells so good. It smells so good. <laughs> um, that's amazing. I still, I actually went to the uh, neighborhood Catholic church where she w- got her confirmation and got some of the holy water from that church to bless her little ancestor candle. I'm like, I got oh. you, Peep. That's awesome. Peep, every time I hear it, I just think, I just think of it. Makes me so happy. Like my face hurts. <laughs> my, so my ancestor altar, I don't know if you can see, it's up, up there on the shelf. You can see the pictures. Because mm-hmm. there's small people in your house. What's that? Because yeah. there's small people in your house. Exactly. And my crystals, some of the, the better ones are up higher too. <laughs> but I have, you can't see it from this angle because I'm sitting so low. But um, I have a tablecloth up there. And this is just a funny story. One of the last times that I was with my Nana, it was my, the women, my mom, my Tante, who's my aunt, mm-hmm. my Nana, and of course myself. And my mom, aunt, and I had just gone to a local metaphysical shop and picked up some um, Nidaraj incense, which is my favorite. And so we were burning it on her, on the tablecloth, like in, you know, in the incense holder and a couple of the ashes fell and burnt a hole. And we're like, <laughs> oh 
what is this? And it burned a hole. <laughs> oh, no. it, was her, it was a tablecloth she had for her annual Halloween Samhain party. My Nana had this huge blowout party every single year. Every year it was amazing. And it was her tablecloth that she always used with little um, black pumpkins and witches hats on it. And I burnt a hole in it from the incense. <laughs> and then I took it home. I took it where when she passed away, it was given to me. Um, I took it home with me. So she, that was October. And then she passed away May of the pandemic year, 2020. Um, and then when I went in June to help, you know, organize and get rid of things, my aunt and my mom wanted me to have it because of the memories of just at Samhain burning a hole in it. So that stays up on my ancestor altar as well. That's fantastic. But well, you know, it's those, it's those memories memories it's a little tablecloth you don't need anything fancy or ornate to go on any of your altars <laughs> no no it it feels nice some of the time but a lot of times it feels like those things start to own us after a while and it's like no this is this is something that's valuable and it has a place and that's the thing about practicing for any length of time you you sort of cycle through things that are meaningful and exciting and and the things that stick around and the things that don't and that's okay. I wish we, I, I wanted, I wish I had the time, aha, to dedicate to doing witchy swap meets, like no cash, no, just like show up with stuff that needs a new home and trade with people. That would be awesome. A rehoming meet, a witchy rehoming. That would be awesome. We could do it. We, we totally could do enough. it. <laughs> <laughs> when you're working on a new project do you have a specific writing ritual that you do you know when I was working on botanical magic I'd pick up whichever essential oil I was working with that day and I'd put it in my diffuser and I'd spend some time with that plant's energy and do you have daily writing rituals um I wouldn't say daily I don't have daily I mean not for my create not for my writing mm -hmm. um, I mean I have my daily my morning ritual that I do almost every morning. And if I skip it, I'm, I feel like I'm a beast. Like <laughs> I'm not myself if I skip my morning ritual, but when it comes to writing, mm -hmm. um, I, I don't have a solid ritual because I write anywhere. I always have my stones on the go. Mm -hmm. Not that they're necessarily for writing per se. I always have a little deck of something whether it's affirmation, oracle, tarot cards. So wherever I'm writing, you know, I'll pull cards, but it's not something I do necessarily every day. However, when it comes to a new project, I do use divination tools before I begin new projects. And in fact, it's funny because I told you I was on the phone or I was on a Zoom call with Peter, my editor, mm -hmm. um, earlier today. And we, I had thrown a project idea to him that I, it wasn't resonating. It wasn't feeling really good. And I did a lot of card pools surrounding that project that kind of just affirmed this probably isn't the project right now. This isn't where, what I need to be working on right now. So I think when I am stuck in a project um, or I need new ideas for a project, that's when I rely on rituals um I know before I wrote my hearth and home book because I I sent the proposal in in March and I got the end of April's when I signed the contract mm -hmm. but I had done a lot of work working with Bridget and inspiration while I was writing that proposal um so it really varies I guess depending on the project but I don't have a daily. I love yours though. Yeah, the oil, like the oil. I, maybe I have to do that, but I don't sit in one place every day. I'm all over. I'm all over. We got a new puppy. So I've been doing a lot of my work in the kitchen oh. because she can't, when, when she was being potty trained, potty trained, house trained, I guess they call house trained. She would see carpet, you know, Oh, carpet feels like grass. I'm going to pee here. So I ended up moving my computer into the kitchen with the hardwood floors because I couldn't work in right. my office. <laughs> <laughs> when they're quiet, that's, you know, when it, when it's up. Oh yeah. We have three now. When did you adopt? We have a small, 
medium and large size doll. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, we froze for a second there. Yeah, so my old girl, she's 13. Um, She's a Yorkie. She's deaf and blind. She's the sweetest, sweetest thing you'll ever meet. Then my middle one, Reese, is the one that everybody hears on my podcast barking. (laughs) She barks at everything that goes by. And now we have River Star, who's a golden retriever. So she's going to be, she's going to be big. (laughs) Right now, uh, there is Miss Millie is keeping me company. Millie. And at some point, I will adopt another one. I just, I'm not there yet. I keep wait. I keep trying to tell myself that I'm ready, and I'm really not. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. was losing Lilu in March was very, very hard. I'm sorry to hear that. That's awful. That is so hard. Just ridiculous. Yeah. It's your baby. It's your baby. Yeah. And she was 15. Oh. I picked her out of the litter. Like I've been her mama her whole life. Yep. Oh. You'll know when it's time. Yes. You'll know. At what point were you comfortable using the label witch? Hmm. Hmm. I want to say you mean to everybody to anybody to yourself um well when I was probably 14 or 15 mm-hmm. um and when I picked up tried a silver broomstick in Walden books in the mall oh I can smell I can smell Walden books right now <laughs> yeah I still have and I still have my cop I still have my copy <laughs> it's the one the purple one. Oh yeah with the, yep. you know which you know that which broomstick one. skirt and that <laughs> that the blouse yep you know exactly which one i think it's in the other cabinet um (laughs) but i just i feel like that's when i kind of said to myself like yeah i am i'm magical like i'm i'm a witch but i i never really said it out loud Mm -hmm. and then i went through the you know like i think it was my junior year junior year going to youth group with my friend and I always told her I only go for the food. <laughs> because in my head, I just couldn't grasp my mind around um, that one patriarchal God, but that's a whole other, you know, conversation. But I did kind of get sucked into that for a while. And then college, I just didn't, I mean, I didn't practice much. I always thought of myself as a magical person, but I, I, I didn't go around calling myself a witch. Mm-hmm. Um. But I feel like since I was like 14 or 15, I knew, I knew. Did you, is that something you shared with your family at that point? Or did you wait? No, I waited. I waited. No, 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 no. Um, Growing up in a very conservative town, it was a, not something that I wanted to share. There were a few people at school, right? you know, um, but it wasn't something that I shared openly. Yeah. I I got I got yanked out of the broom closet, so I figured oh I better tell my mom before somebody else does. How? How? Oh, it was awful. So I had a crush on this drummer from the school band. And so nice. We would we would sit on the same bus when we they would send us to we went to Votech. So I went to I went to herb school and uh, I think he was in auto shop or something. I don't, I don't even remember at this point, but uh, he, he broke up with his girlfriend of, you know, two whole weeks or something. And I was like, Hey, so how you doing? I'm like, okay, this is, this could be a thing. This was not a, a mutual breakup. He was like, Oh, I'm going to go over here now. I didn't, I did not understand that she now hated my face because I don't know. Like, right, right. You guys are broken up. I have, I have nothing to. I don't owe you anything. We're not friends. We're not acquaintances. Mm -hmm. Like, I might pass you in the hall. She outed me (gasps) because I because I was dating her ex boyfriend. Like, it's all very, it's all very high school, but very high school drama. (laughs) Yeah. The problem with that is that 
the way that that happens, I was in a very, very conservative county that, I mean, even in the, the early to mid 90s, there was still a dude in a white robe handing out flyers on Sunday afternoon. Wow. Like, what are you even doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got death threats. This wasn't I'm like, sure. oh, ha ha. So and so is a nerd. Like this is, these people want to kill you. I had people yeah. attempt with actual boulders. They wanted to stone me. Oh, I'm sure. I I mean, the, the death threats were awful. This is right after um tempest smith died like it's mm-hmm. it was a scary time to be out and so i knew at some point this was going to become an issue in that where my mother would need to get involved so i guess yeah. i should tell her that uh yeah. oh yeah i'm a witch you know i was always so hesitant I, I always kept that very i mean completely separate yeah from my public persona especially as a public school teacher because you in in a conservative area you don't know what people would think um who they would take it to Mm -hmm. how they would use that information because the term is so misunderstood right um and if if people would sit down and listen to what it is that we we practice i think so many of us live a life that is so much more closer to Jesus than some other people. Um, But I just, there's just so much information out there, but I feel like it's getting better. It's like people, it's getting much better. And the last probably 10 years, wouldn't you say the last 10 years? Oh yeah, definitely. It's become much more accepted. And there've been organizations that have, given got get given rights to to people of pagan belief um so i feel like it's just it's a better time to be out of the broom closet than yeah, in the 90s than in the late 90s yeah. even early 2000s i had my neighbors my current neighbors uh they have lawn signs for jesus like he's running for office and so <laughs> i I don't mention it. I, you know, I don't need, I, I've gotten past the point because I used to have bumper stickers on the backs of the, of the cars that I was driving. Yep. Um, I had one from Azure Green that just said, which is heel with little cute, squirrely, squirrely cues on it. Yep. And I had a guy in a, I, I was living in a blue state at this point, um, try and run me off the road screaming, thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. And oh. so I'm like, my safety is, is more important than the statement that I'm trying to make here. So I, they were all on magnets. So I just, you know, took them off and kept them in the house. But goodness, uh, a month. Sticker. Mine's a sticker. <laughs> <laughs> my, my neighbor um, next door came over. She, she heard something going on. She's like, oh, I'm going to go check on Amy. Um, and so we're, we're sitting on the floor in my kitchen while I'm building a cabinet to, to add into the pantry. And I just got a brand new fridge. So it's, it's, I have to shower because it's shiny and I've never lived in a place with a new fridge before. Right. <laughs> um growing up poor and food insecure was definitely a thing so this 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 refrigerator is is such a status symbol I'm like look it's a thing I look (laughs) so we're sitting on the floor and she says so I gotta ask are you like like a Wiccan or and I'm not I am not explaining this to this to my neighbor at whatever 11 o'clock at night because she can see I had I had boxed up my kitchen altar that little breakfast nook that comes in every house in this neighborhood i was using as my kitchen altar and she's like so are you a witch is, is, is that what's happening and i'm like absolutely this is absolutely weird. she's like because the neighbors talk and i'm like let them i had i had oh goodness it was probably 2008 maybe and it was a sunday morning i back out of the driveway and i see something and i get out and stop and someone has spray painted which bitch fuck you on my driveway yeah they were that was serious and they they had this was thinking ahead because there's like five different colors in the spray paint on my driveway (laughs) so they're lugging around armloads of spray paint to they didn't just like grab a can out of the back of their truck i mean they came wow i'm like so i absolutely put in the the flyer equivalent of a little free library with the 
the uh, frequently asked questions from the witch's voice at that point. Uh, like, oh, you have a question? Here you go. Here are your answers. You're too much of a coward to talk to my face. Here's what's up. Yep. Yep. I wonder, do many people take it? Oh, yeah. Probably half the neighborhood, I would say. Good. Good. Huh. Oh, the witch's voice. Don't you miss witch I box? I so do. <laughs> people, it's so funny. Because you were like, what? what's that? The newer, you know, like, newer. <laughs> oh, that was i my first website was the celtic connection wicca.com you know when they when they added in the the little bulletin board system i was like this is amazing i can make friends (laughs) it was i still know the first people that i that i started talking with and they were in all their usernames mine was uh, (laughs) mine was a german name mine was german (laughs) Because I was like, nobody can know. Nobody can know who I am. <laughs> Katya, Katya, that's who I'll be. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh my gosh, this is too fun. <laughs> Just made my whole day. <laughs> when we talked about divination briefly, you were talking about some of the really amazing feelings and experiences that you wanted to talk about. Is there, because we... <laughs> Where we hit record is, is a is a sort of nebulous mark. <laughs> Do you have a favorite deck? I mean, we've talked, there's probably six shelves of decks. I'm oh, sitting in my office and there's 15 decks within reach. Um, I feel like my my favorite over time change, I mean. I, I do like my traditional Rider Waite Smith. Mm-hmm. I always come back to it. I love collect, don't get me wrong. I love collecting beautiful decks and I love collecting like collectors editions, but the classic, um, I, I just love that. And then I'm looking, I'm looking over right now at some of my favorites. One <laughs> of my favorites that I've used the last couple of years, I've really connected with, it's actually an Oracle card deck and um, it's, made by Cassie Uhl. So it's an indie deck. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called the Zend Out deck. She has since changed the name of her company, but it's called, it's called the Ritual deck. It's the Ritual deck, um, 74 Oracle card. It, it is, it is fantastic. It, it, here I can show you quickly. Oh no. Oh, I keep forgetting that we are recording and nobody can see <laughs> it. You can see my book. I mean, it's literally, my book is falling apart at the edges but her cards are beautiful. Oh, and she has very so colorful. many, very colorful. She has elements, crystals, chakras, herbs, um, and scents, uh, sacred geometry. I mean, a lot is covered. Mugwort is one of my favorite cards. I pull a lot actually. Mm. Um, and the black candle, like going inward for reflection, uh, moon phases. I just really love this deck. I do pull the violet um candle a lot too and every every card she gives you a nice little ritual if you want to use it or not you don't have to but there's a ritual and so this is a deck that I I use whenever I I pull a card at the end of my podcast for every episode right and people always say they love that part of the podcast and the ritual deck you know there are decks and I I'm sure you know this exact feeling that you are gifted or you purchase that you just, wow, it's so beautiful, this imagery, I need this deck, but you just still don't connect to it. Yes. And that's the worst feeling. And you try, like I have slept with so many decks for a full moon cycle next to my pillow, hoping, hoping the witch's tarot was one of them, like wanting to connect to it because so many people love it, but you just can't. Yeah. Um, I have a botanical deck that. that way. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh, and you and your botanical. So that really, oh, come on. <laughs> it's like and this, this one, literally got my face on it. But the Zen, the um, ritual deck by Cassie Yule, immediately I was connected. And I will tell you, I get the most spot on reads with this, like more so than any other deck. So I love this. I love my witchlings deck. Do you know um, Paulina Fay? She has. If Paulina Cassidy, she has a couple different names that she's used over the years. I love, I just love her artwork. Um, and her Witchlings deck is one of my favorite ones because it's so cute and whimsical. I love that. Um, 
so off the top of my head, those are some of my my favorites. And then I have favorites from years ago that I come back to that I will like cycle back in into my daily pools, you know. <laughs> my current favorite is the 1909 that just came out. Um Sasha Graham did the the little white booklet. It's round. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. And the back is just the Tudor Roses. I love that. It's- I love that. Oh wait, I I would be remiss if I don't tell you yes. about my favorite deck because <laughs> you asked and I'm giving you all these other ones. I'm looking at it now. I have to walk away for one second. <laughs> Listeners, stay put. Stay put. <laughs> don't go anywhere. This is important. Don't go anywhere. Okay, are we ready? Are we ready for this? This is the Shakespeare Oracle. Oh wow, I've seen it, but I've never seen like held it and looked at it. Well, yeah, because you can't find them anywhere. <laughs> they're impossible they're impossible to find unless you want to pay three hundred dollars i mean it's crazy i have wanted this deck for years and it's called the shakespeare oracle but they're calling him the bard is the oracle it's actually a tarot it's a tarot system um my aunt the one that i've talked about and i talk about all the time i talk to her five times a day i swear she got this for me she she surprised me she has a friend who um, lives in England. He found a little book, uh, a little metaphysical shop that had it. She sent him there and he bought it, sent it back to her. It only had 22 cards in it. He hadn't, he's a muggle. He had no idea what it was supposed to have. Right, right. So uh, my aunt ended up contacting the store. They sent her the floor, the floor model. So I cleansed it very, very well. I bet. But it is, this is my favorite. Look at the hanged man. It's Hamlet. Oh. I mean, and I'm I'm a lover of the bard. I I love I love Shakespeare. Um, so you have scepters, you have quills for air, fire. Um, there's the quills. Let's see. It's just a beautiful deck. And you have Shakespearean characters as the major arcana. But this is one of my favorites that I've, I'm working with right now. And I've wanted it for so many years, Amy. So oh my many goodness. years. And my aunt, she's the best. She's the best person. She's amazing. That's I'm love sorry, right that there. was loud. That was loud. <laughs> in the box on your podcast. Your listeners are going to be like, who is this woman? <laughs> oh my gosh. I think my favorite right now is, because, you know, they do, they do cycle. Um, the Oracle Tarot is the one I use most with my clients. Because it's a traditional tarot in in more ways than not. Um, But they're acrylics or watercolors. Mm. They're paintings instead of illustrations. And a lot of the cards that are traditionally scary cards that would freak out new clients are changed. Like the devil is bondage and the the figure in the card is uh, rock climbing. Yep. And it's like. These are great to be understood without being so scary that people just freak out. Yeah. Um, because they, I'm sure once you pull some of those scarier cards, some of those people kind of tune out. Like mm-hmm. they just shut and they shut down for you. Yep. Oh, that's neat. It's a great deck. Lucy Cavendish is the artist. And I, I love Lucy. Just fantastic. I I like, I love all of her work. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about that Lucy Cavendish. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mermaids. Like, there's only one Lucy Cavendish in our world. <laughs> <laughs> yep. She's hey, House All the Way is, it's a, it's a really lovely deck. And that's great. I think, I'm pretty sure it's still in print. I still, I still recommend it to people. Yeah. Uh, so what is the biggest motivator in your witchcraft? Oh my gosh. Oh, this is a tough question. The biggest motivator. Motivator. Oh. <laughs> can we can you ask that another day when I have <laughs> time to think about it? I think right, you know, right now in this time in my life, it is coming back to the home. It'd, it'd be my my son, like my my family. Um, because I've been looking the last couple of years at my practice kind of through his eyes at times, because man kids are tuned into the innate magic and everything and just some of the things that he says are so profound and so (laughs) magical 
that I don't know. I think he he inspires. He I forget what the question was, what your word was, but, <laughs> but it's it's my son. <laughs> like, ah, oh, he has made me look at my practice in a new light these last nine years too. I feel like um, when he was born my practice kind of changed too. Yeah, at first, absolutely. I, at first I couldn't practice as much because it's a newborn, mm-hmm. <laughs> and but man, I just feel like he has really pushed me to a new level because I'm seeing things through child's eyes again. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes it both truly freeing and abjectly terrifying as a person to say, okay, like, what am I giving this, this tiny person who depends on me for everything? Yeah, absolutely. When I look at where my practice is and where my practice started, you know, even the, you know, we, we joke about, you know, year to year it, it practices and it, it evolves. Is there something in your practice you thought you could not ever live without? And now you haven't looked at it or it hasn't been a part of your practice in a while. Like you, you didn't even notice that it went. Oh, that's a great question. Why, thank um, you. Yeah, I would say, and this is going to be blasphemous maybe, but this is not that I, not that I couldn't have done without it. Like I need, I need this, but it would be my, my first, maybe, maybe I'm answering this question wrong, but my first book of shadows like I needed it in that moment you know what I'm just like the one I have right now that I'm working in now um but I haven't revisited it in years and you telling me that like oh wait it's in a bin probably in the basement and you saying that makes me want to revisit it like oh man I'm gonna have to do that and then message (laughs) message you um so that and then on another level like that's something that is necessary i think journaling getting getting all of your workings down like i think that is so important reflection that's the big like reflection yeah absolutely that's huge. um other things like let me see my first wand i have no idea where it is but it looked pretty so i bought it years ago and it sat on my altar for a day and then whoop, where where did it go um there are <laughs> You know, that, and that's a shame, that's really a shame, but that was in a time too, where I wasn't, I just wanted it because I wanted the wand. I wanted the tool. I wasn't using it in any way in my practice. I think a lot of us too, when we are first beginning, we have, we collect tools. Yes. Because you feel like you're supposed to. Yeah. Like you're like, you read, you read that you're supposed to somewhere in, and I know I always come back to, you know, Silver Raven Wolf because her books are the first that I read and some Scott Cunningham, of course, because that's the 90s, that's the 90s. But, you know, I think back to her book and she always said, you don't really need many tools, but then goes on to list. The 37 tools that you need for this thing. And I'm like, oh, well, I must get a wand. Oh, I could use a staff. I think I need a staff, you know, like- 37 cauldrons. (laughs) Oh, I'm yes um I need bells I need a scrying mirror I need this you know I think we all have collected a lot of stuff over the years that now are gone or nowhere near altar or have been rehomed because really all we need is a stick and a rock and grass you know and sitting outside (laughs) it's such a beautiful thing to be able to say like this is a part of my practice and this is where I came from but when there's I there's a lot of trauma that I was dealing with as a smaller person yeah and so those things are things that I needed at that point but I'm at the point where I don't need a lot of those tools anymore and it's like trying to find the right new home for them for the next person who is at that point in their journey where they need a thing yeah it's actually kind of freeing to be able to think about the things that I don't really need anymore. Yeah. But I like having them around. <laughs> there is, well, there's memories associated with them. Yes. It's, you know, you're, it's, you're reminiscing when you look over and you have your, 
whatever from a decade or 15 years ago it brings back a feeling absolutely so it's hard to part it's hard i i think that um witches are the best hoarders (laughs) (laughs) it's all useful stuff i promise yeah it is i swear and then my and then you know we we had to move everything out of my sacred space out of my office whenever we did the the built-ins we just put Mm -hmm. them in a month ago and you would not believe the amount of stuff that I had somehow in here. And my husband the whole time is like, are you going to get rid of some of this stuff? You haven't used this in years. You haven't gotten this out in years. I'm like, no, I can't get rid of it. No, I will use, I will use it again. I'm I'm really lucky. Um, a, a younger friend of mine is newly out on her path and newly sort of figuring out where she's going to be. And so I've been like, every time I see her, I bring her another box of books. <laughs> you know, here's a pendulum. Here's here's a thing. And it's because I wish I'd had that person. Yeah. You know, when I was when I was starting out, I had my mom's best friend, uh, Melanie, was my mm-hmm. was my person. Like we'd go to the we'd go to the witch store together, we'd go and buy stuff, we'd go Silver Evil Wolf was in town, we'd go and take a class together. Uh, yeah, because she's from I mean, she's from my old area. Yeah. Lancaster. Yeah. yeah yeah so her popping down to Baltimore for a weekend was not a big deal yeah and it was nice because it it almost gave me the things that I wish I had had with my own mom you know it's like she's not interested in this but I almost have that connection to someone who's relatively adjacent to my mom (laughs) yeah oh that's nice yeah because I I didn't have I mean I was completely solitary I mean I was completely on my own um, until really the last 10 years, 10 years or so. And then it really blossomed when I was out of education, public oh, education. Yes. That was the, that was a the big, I don't want to say a big turning point. A big turning point was probably about nine, 10 years ago when I went through a, a very traumatic period of my life. Mm-hmm. And you know, that often, that often happens whenever you are reignited, <laughs> um, and then when I stopped teaching, though, that's when I became public, <laughs> more public, I guess I should say. Other people, some people were like, yeah, we do. We do. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I was doing tarot readings in my English class. <laughs> my my oh, English. My la- the last, my last year, was my last year? No, the last couple of years, the last day of school was the last day of school it's a, a throwaway day like right. the room packed up kids have to be there for the 180 school days and I remember bringing in bringing in decks my creative writing these are my junior my seniors so they were all 18 years old going off to college or about to graduate and going into a trade and here here comes Mrs. Blonde with a tarot deck <laughs> i don't think the admin ever knew i don't know what the admin would have thought about, about <laughs> 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 but clearly they had to see it when i taught brit lit man would i get into it and right when i taught macbeth oh yeah i would give them so much witchcraft that i somehow made it part of of shakespeare absolutely the, the shakespeare museum actually carries um botanical magic the folger shakespeare library yes in in dc yes they, yes they contacted me they're like how can we carry your books i want to put them in a in a shakespeare like okay That's i gave awesome. them my salesperson's number i'm like here's here's what's up though they will take care of you please they have if it is the folger library shakespeare library they have a small gift shop like when you walk in there and they do have i could definitely see it being there I actually studied there um, for a week. I got to hold a first folio. When I say I'm a Shakespeare nerd, like I was crying, hold it in my hands, no gloves. They don't want you to wear gloves because of the pressure Mm -hmm. you would have to use to turn a page. They're afraid you would rip it. But I held, I held a first folio, which was one of, that was one of the most magical moments of my entire life. You could just feel. And then actually it's so funny because what am I reading right now for the second time? Oh, magic and Shakespeare. <laughs> for those of you who can't see, I'm holding up a book. So potent art. It's a it's a book all about witchcraft and Shakespeare. But that's who is so the author awesome. for that one? 
I just um, went through Emily the show notes. Carding. Emily Carding. Yeah, she's she's fantastic. Fantastic. Yep. And Caitlin Matthews did the the um board. Nice. The forward. Uh-oh. Well, I want to take you. Thank you so much for taking time to hang out with me today. I feel like I, I'm my new best friend. It's been... We've been talking since like quarter till four. <laughs> and it's now quarter till six. Nice. <laughs> this this just this is what I needed. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. This was fun. I so enjoyed meeting you. I can't. I mean, we had like, I think, commented on each other's stories or posts here and there. And then we were formally introduced through our editor, Peter, <laughs> via email. And this is the first time. So we'll have to do this again. This is fun. That would make my whole life. <laughs> you know what, too? Maybe um, when I figure out how to record guests on my podcast, I can have you on mine. <laughs> I would love to be your guinea pig. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that would be a lot. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah, it just takes a minute. It uh, Once the recording stops... And then everything does its little magic. I just upload it to Anchor and it's a podcast. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, this was so much fun. Thank you. And thank you for letting me talk a little bit or about my book. It comes out next Thursday. Woo, so, so this will this will go up as soon as like the minute we we uh, end our call. I will, uh, I'll upload it. Where can our listeners find you and want to support you? Um, the best place to find me is Instagram at comfy cozy witch you can also find me um overseeing the comfy cozy witches facebook group it's a it's a private group anybody can join but it's private because um we have a lot of i know there's a lot of people in the group who are still in the broom closet so i'd like to keep that group private for everybody who joins there's about ten thousand members right now which has been amazing but it it's a fun group it's a really great community um and it's very comfy. It's very hearth and home. We share our mug shots, what magical books we're reading. It is just very cozy. Um, and you can also find, yeah, you can find me. I have a Patreon that I just Yay! started last, I don't know, in, in spring. So patreon.com slash comfy cozy, which because as Amy, you know, we don't make money as authors. <laughs> no, it's not a thing. And when we we do our these podcasts, you know, it it costs us time and money, and it's just really nice when when people wanted to support us, and Absolutely. I appreciate that, you know. So I am on Patreon. It took me a long time to join because I felt almost this like guilty feeling about oh I don't I don't want people to pay, you know. I want to give information. Um, Patreon. Where else can you find me? I'm on Twitter, but I don't tweet literally anything. I think I've tweeted. <laughs> zero zero things <laughs> and I am on TikTok even though I don't I have a dislike hate relationship with TikTok um my publicist said that it'd be good to like start posting on other platforms so I'm on TikTok now <laughs> it's funny from from one one year to the next I, I have I had it's a it's a wretched hive of scum and villainy from one publicist and the other one's like yeah people are there let's do a thing so yeah uh do you want to share your TikTok uh, handle or you do oh at comfy cozy witch everything Yay! is comfy cozy witch awesome uh w and you can find me to www.comfycozywitch.com and oh my podcast the comfy cozy witch podcast <laughs> and i'm on season three i it, it's the day of recording because i recorded episode one of season three this morning oh nice. and that'll yeah that'll go live on friday that'll fantastic go live on friday. yeah fun times <laughs> Well, I will absolutely follow you on TikTok, and I like talking about ridiculously fabulous things on. But it's either it's either book talk or it's witch talk, and that's oh good. All the writing. I'm gonna find you. <laughs> I'm gonna find you right now, or as we hang up this call, I'm gonna find you. Amy underscore Blackthorn <laughs> underscore author. Okay, Amy underscore author. Oh, this is so nice. This is a nice little chat. <laughs> a nice little chat with a, well, I have water. I was going to make myself a cup of tea, but it didn't happen. Yeah, I was, I was like, yes, let's make some tea. And then I realized what time it was. I'm like, nope, bottle of water it is. <laughs> yep. Okay, wait, how do I, oh, there's a search bar. Amy underscore. Mm-hmm. Platform. Oh, I'm already.
already following you. Score. Oh, wait. No, I'm not. Wait, Amy underscore Blackthorn underscore author. Yep. So who's the other one I'm following? That's just Amy Blackthorn. What? There's, look, there's two of you. Oh, oh, I did start. I did start one that I've never posted on, but I wanted to keep my name uh, available. And so, you know, the, the scampers that say, oh, I, I was drawn to give you, offer you a reading. No. I, I, I have two that. out there right now. They're horrible. I did a whole podcast episode actually on the scammers. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't know about you, but people message me nonstop. Hey, do you know that you have somebody pretending to be you? Hey, yes, I'm aware. Um, but they're, be they've, they're becoming more and more creative with their usernames, which cracks me up. The latest one was Confi, C-O-N-F-Y, Cossie, C-O-S-S. Why, which with an E at the end. I mean, it's clearly not me. Yeah. <laughs> and then they just keep adding underscores. <laughs> uh it's it's frustrating and exhausting because IG Instagram won't do anything about them. Exactly. It's really it's frustrating. But yeah. Anyway. Well, have a fabulous afternoon. And this I really lovely. appreciated your time. And I'm gonna go put this up online so people can see how awesome you are. Oh, thank you so much. Well, you're awesome. But they get to hear that on all of your episodes anyway. Oh, you're so kind. <laughs> okay, well, thanks. We'll have to chat again soon. We'll have to get together. We'll have to meet up. Do lunch at Longwood or something. Yeah. Yes, my son goes back to school next week. So let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay, bye. Talk soon. Bye. Bye. Remember, we're all trees in the forest. Nurture each other.